Welcome to The Breakthrough Hour with Pastor Camille McKenzie. Arise to your dominion. Don't it tarry. It shall speak. Who am I speaking to? Pastor Camille McKenzie is a powerful woman of God who was anointed and appointed to execute the spiritual mandate. You must win. She operates in the five-fold ministry to bring deliverance by the power of the Holy Ghost to a lost world. But I come to prophesy to somebody and let you know that Jehovah has the final say. This is your breakthrough hour. Here is Pastor Camille Sophia. Allow me to give you a synopsis of Psalm 5. You see, according to Darwin's synopsis of Psalm 5, he stated, and I quote, The cry of the godly is presented and the character of God as necessarily responding to that of the godly is appealed to as necessitating his hearing him and judging the wicked. If the godly love godliness, surely Jehovah does. If the godly abhor wickedness, surely he does. End of quote. You see, David writes the psalm based on certain underlying situation that was prevalent at the time. In Psalm 3, the underlying situation stated at the very beginning of the psalm was David was chased by his son Absalom. In Psalm 4, there was a drought that was threatening the agricultural Israel's harvest. And that's why he wrote Psalm 4. But what is the underlying situation for Psalm 5? It can be said that David was moved to write this poem because of wicked people. You see, in this case, there was a certain part of the body of the wicked that is repeatedly mentioned. In in verse 9, he emphatically stated, for there's no faithfulness in their mouth. He's talking about the wicked. Their part is uh, the very wickedness. And their throat is an open sepulcher. And they flatter with their tongue. He's talking about the wicked. And now uh, when David found himself among these wicked people, uh, after he began uh, to lament, which brings me to my first point, uh, the blessing belongs to the righteous. David began to lament. And if you begin to study the Greek, when they say he lamented, is as if he cries out unto God uh, for God to open his ears wide to listen to him Uh, you see because the wicked sought to destroy his life and so David needs uh, the Lord's guidance and protection because of his enemies Uh, his enemies were using their mouths to attack David These wicked men were using words to destroy his life. Uh, Some believe that this could have uh, transpired out of two occasions. One theologian said uh, it was at the time when David was judging Israel. And now we know the story that after David's sin, God said that the sword will not depart from his house. And so it was because his children are turned against him. And when David was now uh, doing judging uh, in the city gates, Absalom will stand afar off. And when David gave a judgment to the people and the people didn't like it, if it was a rebuke, Absalom would look at their countenance and then he would counteract the judgment that his father gave and so uh, during this time now 
Absalom uh, wanted also to kill David. It is during this time that we see Saul. And you know the story with King David and Saul. Because you see Saul had a, a, a spirit upon him. And the Bible said that it was David who had to play the harp. And when he played the harp, it soothed him Saul. And the wicked spirit left uh, King Saul. But King Saul was jealous of David and so he sought to kill him uh, because you see David was anointed but he was not yet appointed and Saul was threatened because he was afraid that now David was about to overthrow him and so he set the kingdom against David and so David found himself in a place of a squeeze because his children were against him uh, and Saul has set the kingdom against him in so much that David had to hid with the Philistines and now he is in turmoil good God almighty because the wicked came up against him the wicked plotted against him the wicked united to destroy him they worked iniquity against him they lied on him they conspired against him oh good God almighty but beloved, what do you do when the wicked and the ungodly come against you? What do you do when you find yourself in the midst of wickedness? What do you do when everything around you is hostile? What do you do when people open up their unsanctified mouth and speak against your life? What do you do? when the wicked join together to bring you down what do you do when you find yourself on the run running away from wicked people oh but David realized oh where he was and now he's writing Psalm 5 and he realized oh good God almighty that I'm named oh amidst I am named among the righteous and if I am named among the righteous I know that I have a defense God God Almighty so David said you can talk about me you can obey me you can say all manner of evil about me but wait a second I got a defense and so David began to lament he began to cry he began to speak to God because he realized where he sought himself found himself so he says Ah, but I am named among the righteous. I want to tell you something about righteousness. And we're in a dispensation where we have all define our own righteousness. You see, according to the New Testament, the word righteousness, uh, a translation word, the Greek is daikasun, and it means righteous before God. And when you talk about righteous before God, you're talking about Matthew 5.20 that says, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, then you're not righteous yet. Because you see, the, the scribes and the Pharisees appeared to be righteous. They only did things when people were looking at them. Uh, they only prayed long and act spiritual when people are looking. But when 
nobody is watching. They were doing their own thing. Oh, good God Almighty. But he says, your righteousness has to exceed ah, the Pharisees and the scribes. Ah, but you see, many people would say, ah, ah, yes, yes, righteousness. We can define it that way. Uh, listen what William Lane Craig argues uh, when he talk about righteousness. He says, uh, we should think of God as the paradigm, the locus, the source of all moral value and standards. God is the source, Adonai. You see, according to this, the, the, the Christianity.com, righteousness uh, in human standards is defined as the quality of being morally true or justifiable. We're in a dispensation where people are about to justify everything that they do. And they say, if I can justify it, then it means I'm righteous. Not so. Can I go deeper? You see, righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God. Uh, including character, uh, conscience, which means attitude, conduct, which means action, and command, which means word. You see, righteousness is therefore based upon God's standard. He is the ultimate lawgiver. Righteousness is not relative. We're not righteous based on good works. Ah, but we are righteous through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Through propitiation. Through reconciliation. And the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The Bible says that God imputed righteousness upon us. Uh, he says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. And when he said he imputes righteousness, he now means that he covers us with his righteousness. Because you ain't got no righteousness to come up with to God's standard. Uh, but he imputes, he put on his righteousness. He put on his standard. Ah, he put a standard upon us. And if we have a new heart, then we desire to please God, to obey him, and to adhere to his standard. You see, uh, the church has a missing link in this dispensation. Uh, you see, we're in a time now when we're not experiencing manifestation and power as we should because of the level of our righteousness. You see, many people have taken holiness lightly. But I come to tell you that God is holy and he requires that we are set apart from things. We are set apart from the world. We are set apart from the wicked. We are set apart from the ungodly. God of a standard, Adonai. It's not the Mackenzie standard. It's not the world's standard. It's not uh, uh, your friend's standard. But God got a standard. You got to find God's standard and keep the God's standard. Because whatever God's standard is, it's God's standard. And I know we're in a dispensation where many pastors are forced to want to think to bring the standard down to bring more people in but God help us we can't bring the standard down to bring people in but we must keep the standard up because it's not man's standard it's God's standard and if God has placed it on the church you can't move the standard you can't change the standard you can't change it to fit you to fit your needs to fit your sinful desire but leave God's standard alone leave God's standard alone 
I say leave God standing alone but I submit to the church to come up higher I say come up higher come up higher turn to your neighbor and say neighbor we must come up higher we got to come up higher we can't stay down here we got to adhere to God's standard God's standard I'm a keeper of God's standard So where do you find God's standard? Ephesians 4, 21, 32. He said, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He says that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to a deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness he said wherefore putting away lying speaking every man truth which is neighbor for we are members of one another he says be angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil he said let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands uh, the things which is good that he may have to give to him that need it that's God's standard he said let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers that's God's standard and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby he is sealed unto the day of redemption he said let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and verse 22 says and be kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ has forsake forgiven you yes God of a standard God of a standard Adonai we must reverence the almighty God we must adhere to his standard we must separate ourselves oh good God almighty it shouldn't be a little piece of the devil and a little piece of God we're in a dispensation now where many wants to serve God but they want to live the same way they want to come in as they are and they want to stay as they are. Uh, it, 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 it's an epoch uh, where, if you don't mind, the church start to operate as the world. Uh, yes, but if you come into uh, the understanding of where God has called you from, you got to understand that the things that you used to do, the songwriter says, I do them no more. You see, we got to bring back reverence in the house. We got to understand that our bodies are the temple of the most high God. Ah, we have not sought to have respect for the almighty God. There's no respect for the Holy Spirit. And so we think we can do anything anyhow. And we just come and shake it. But God is looking and God is watching from a distance God is watching this church and it's about time that the church bring back the standard but the standard is holiness and the standard is righteousness and the standard is sanctification and the standard is forgiveness and the standard is for reconciliation and the standard is regeneration and the standard is a change heart the standard is a turning around and the standard is leave Babylon and coma and the standard is say forgive and forget it it's a standard I tear the church 
to bring up the standard pick it up from off the crown and bring it up at a night go back there and pick up the standard God got a standard you can't shake it you can't come out of the bed of fornication and come on the praise team and sing holiness that's what I long for you can't be embellishing in adultery and said it's okay you can't be tearing down your brothers and your sisters and you say it's okay but God got a standard God got a standard God got a standard There is no revengeful fear anymore. No reverential fear. The people around you laugh at you because you only sound and look like church. It, we're in a dispensation where there's an, there's an imposter, it's an acting, it's a pretense. And all of this weirdness don't make you righteous. Coming to church and shanda, shanda and running the aisle don't make you righteous. It's Pentecostal, anybody can shake it, not everybody's in the right spirit. Sometimes it's a performance, it's acting. You know you're righteous when you live righteous in the church and during the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The people around you know that you are for God. You, 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 you can't take your righteous self. Every minute, one minute you're serving the devil. And then you find a scripture. This is what hurts me. You find a scripture. I have seen some things and I know God is coming. I've seen somebody one time put something on Facebook. They are naked. And under the caption, they say Christ year. And I say, God, are you serious? I said, are you serious? And nobody would rebuke the person. Good God Almighty. Adonai, God has a standard. God has a standard. The righteous have a standard. We have a standard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For that is the whole duty of man. Standard. You're on the praise team. You're a musician. Standard. Because it will give an uncertain sound. And it's not going to come from the place of holiness. And so when you come in, you got to fix it up. You're coming and you're ushering. It's not going to come from a good place. You are leading women. You're a part of the ladies' ministry. You got to know you got to live by example. You got a responsibility. Oh, but they put all the responsibility on the pastor. As if when you live like a villain, like the devil, God is going to make an excuse for you. Oh, baby, you got it wrong. Because God has a standard for you. The standard is not just for me, but the standard is for you. Don't expect just the pastor to live right. But everybody in this house must and shall live right. Must and shall live right. I say God got a standard. So why is David writing like this? And some people would 
begin to speak against him because what I noticed from doing the text is that many times when we hear David, we discredit him because at the one time he messed up with Bathsheba. And we've used that story for, the entire, for his entire life. But I come to realize righteousness. You see, David messed up, but he didn't stay there. Because after he done what he did, and God sent the prophet Nathan, and Nathan rebuked him, something we don't like in church. He didn't, he didn't come to justify. This, this era we want to justify. Um, she was naked and she was beautiful and I couldn't resist myself and so God knows. No, he didn't say that. When Nathan revealed his sin, he fell down and he wrote Psalm 51. He said, against you only I have done this wickedness in your sight. He didn't say it was a good thing. He said it's a wickedness. Uh, he asked God to have mercy. Uh, he, still, he told God he sinned against him. Uh, yes, he told God that he says, I acknowledge my transgression. Church don't acknowledge transgression no more. We sing on it. We shout on it. We dance on it. We sing hallelujah on it. We even give a word on it. We run the aisle on it. And then we are beer face. But there's humility. He said, God, I acknowledge my transgression. I did it. I did it. It's nobody that made me do it. I did it. I am guilty. Yes. I am wicked. I am wretched. Some of you pray too much pretty prayer. All of this self-righteousness. That's why the power of God can't move in the church. Sometimes you have to say, God, I'm wretched. I am wicked. I got jealousy problem. I got wickedness. Sometimes I lie. I am wicked. I'm not worthy. We talk to God as if God is not omniscient. Like he never saw you last night. And then you come. You have a word. And you never come in the house and say, God, I got some things down in my soul. If you don't reach down and pull them out, I am on my way to hell. But Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the same power that make me run up and down in the aisle. I want you to go down in my soul. Rebo Sataya. And I want you, God, to begin to move it out. After he mess up, he said, creating me a clean heart. Renew that spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. And don't take the Holy Spirit. You see, David understood righteousness. Uh, he said he realized that righteousness is what? Shield and defend. He knew it was what? Righteousness that shield and defended him. Oh good God Almighty. Uh, he realized that the fight is fixed. And if God have a rule and a standard, you just need to follow the rule and the standard. And then you will be okay. Uh, and you see even though the enemy took counsel and they plotted and they, they came up against him. He realized if I maintain the standard them can't touch a button. They can't mess with me. I just need to maintain the standard. Good God Almighty. The church don't realize that there's power in righteousness. There's power in holiness. There's power in sanctification. Righteousness is a defense. When you're righteous, no obia, 
no eggs, no voodoo, no wicked heart, no ill-spoken words can't touch you. Them can't touch you. Them I got tired. They see your fears, but them can't get you out of the race. You just got to turn up your righteousness. Turn up your holiness. Bring it back. It cool. Heat it up. Church of God. Turn up your righteousness. Go forgive your sister. Forgive your brother. Go make it right. I deny. I dare you to turn up your righteousness. Turn up your holiness. Bring it higher. Bring it deeper. I said, bring it higher. Bring it deeper. Search your heart. Search your soul. Search your mind. Search your spirit. And say to yourself, anything in me that is not of God. Ejection. Ejection. Rejection. Let me loose. But I want to get to holiness. I'm tired of the lukewarmness. I am tired of the old condition. For I want to get to holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see God. Holiness to the Lord. Holiness to God. Adonai. Turn it around. I said, turn, turn, turn. Judgment is coming. For the signs of the time is upon us. Judgment day is coming. When the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? Will you be there? Is thy heart right? Is your heart right with God? Are you on the Lord's side? Are you on God's side? Are you ready? Are you ready? You better get right with God. Come and do it now. Come. Come. From the highways. From the byways. Come off the bed of fornication. Come off the bed of adultery. Come off the bed of wickedness. I say, come up, come up. He says, if he know that he's righteous, he know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of God. First John 2, 29. First John 3, 7, little children. Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Philippians 1.11 Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are Jesus Christ, unto the glory and the praise of God. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So why is he talking this way? You see, when God is about to bless, it's the level of righteousness that will set you apart. And I'm coming down. For he says, not only will he bless the righteous. But he says, I will surround him with favor. Come here, Minister Micah. 
This is the church. And he says he's going to bless the righteous. But after he bless you, he already bless you. He says, I will surround him with favor as with a shield. There's a line of demarcation. But there's another one, which is favor as a shield. surround you with favor as with a shield so he poured the blessing on you and then he surrounds you with favor as with a shield I'm closing why is God speaking to the church about righteousness I'm going to show you two examples and I'm closing. The Bible said that God was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was having a dialogue with Abraham. And Abraham felt sorry for them. And begging God, beseeching God not to destroy Sodom. And he said to God, God, what if you find 40 righteous? Then he says, what about 30? And then he bring it down. He says, 10. God says, if I can find 10 righteous, I will not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. find 10 sanctified righteous people who keep it straight and keep it real if I can find 10 people who really understand what righteousness is and uphold that standard I'm not going to destroy the land what does that tell you it tells you that the righteous, the righteous is a force to reckon with. That anywhere the righteous show up, God has an obligation. Right there, God have an obligation. For he says, I will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. So now there's COVID-19. Why is the righteous afraid? Tell me why you're afraid again. Uh, because the God you serve is not in control. What are you afraid of? Death? What are you afraid of? Tell me what you're afraid of. Because if you are named with the righteous, God has an obligation for he that keepeth Israel does not slumber nor sleep. And the very fact that I'm in Canada, the very fact that I'm on my job, the very fact that I work at the TTC, the very fact that I work at IBM, the very fact that I work in the factory, it can't shut down. Some of you don't know the power you have. You walk around like a wimp. But if you know the power that you have, you stand outside of your workplace and you say, I command it. Let it be so. 
speak over this place of employment that they can't fire me and even if I don't take the vaccine they can't touch me I'm unstoppable and I'm untouchable I am the righteousness of God I am the salt of the earth I am the light of the world I am the apple of his eye I am a chosen generation a royal priesthood I am a treasure in earthen vessel I am called magnum opus I'm not ordinary there's a power in me known as the Holy Ghost for his coexistent co-eternal co-equal to God the Father is the Paracletus for he come alongside me he uphold me he walk with me he talk with me he tells me I'm his own I know who I am I know who I am I know who I am pestilence can't touch me can't touch my finance can't touch my children God is my source God is my battle axe he's my defender I shelter in the time of storm I know who I am Speak to him. Speak to him. Stand on your feet and speak to him. Come on, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Speak to him now. Speak to him now. I say, speak to him now. Speak to him now. Speak to him. Let him know how good he is. Take authority. I said, take authority now. Take authority. Take authority. Remander about Shaitan. Hallelujah. The altars are open. If you need prayer, just come. Walk out of your seat and come. Lord, we approach you in humility and love. We adore, honor, and magnify you. 
we exalt your holy and matchless name. We glorify and we acknowledge your supremacy and your sovereignty. We extend honor to you, majestic Lord, the only wise God who is the ruler of the universe, the true and living God who sent his son as a propitiation to die for our sins. You alone is God. And so we give you all the glory, the honor, and the recognition. According to Genesis 1.26, we arise to take dominion upon the earth. Lord, clothe us in your righteousness, creating us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. According to your tender mercies, blot out our transgressions. According to your word, you have given us power to tread upon scorpions. We tread upon every scorpion coming to poison our breakthrough. You said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. Lord, pull down every stronghold in our lives in Jesus' name. Uh, in Psalm 3 verse 3, you said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Uh, Lord, we arise in our dominion and we take authority knowing that you are our shield and our buckler. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against around me, round about me. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Lord, you told Jehoshaphat that the battle is not his, but the battle is yours. And so, Lord, we give you our battles today in the name of Jesus. In Psalm 30, verse 5, you said, For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And so, Lord, we know that you are sending our joy now in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we decree and declare that our joy is coming in this set moment. Lord, let us dwell in your secret place and allow us to abide under your shadow. Lord, we know that you are our battle axe. Therefore, fight our battles for us. We know that there is power in the name of Jesus. Therefore, break every chain in our lives now in Jesus' name. We decree and declare that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. Lord Jesus, destroy every wickedness concocted against us. We destroy Obia. We destroy X, we destroy incantation, voodoo, white magic, black magic, divination, sorcery, ill-spoken words, ancestral curses, juju, santeria, devil in the dark art, hunters of the night, demonic dreams, spiritual husband, incubus, sycubus. We destroy them by the power of the Holy Ghost and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We destroy them now in Jesus' name. We destroy sicknesses in our bloodline. Father, we destroy cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, AIDS. We destroy anxiety, mental disorder, our spirit, the spirit of homosexualism, promiscuity, and lesbianism. Father, we destroy them now by the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, you told us in your word that healing is the children's bread. Therefore, we decree and declare total healing upon our bodies. In Jesus' name, we decree and declare that we are under an open heaven. There is, therefore, we, we submit to your authority, knowing that you will prosper us. Lord, we know God, that you said in your word, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers that will bring forth fruit in our season. Our leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever we do, it shall prosper. Lord, you said in your word, 
according to Psalm 5 and verse 3 that you will bless the righteous you will surround us with favor as with a shield therefore father surround us with your favor cause the heaven to release prosperity divine favor and blessings upon us upon our family upon our children uh, upon every person in our bloodline now in Jesus name Lord give us ingenuity and ideas to gain wealth let the wealth of the wicked be transferred to us now in Jesus name Lord our time is in your hand our future is in your hand therefore anything in our future that will steal our destiny be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we destroy schemes plots and the wiles of the devil oh God we destroy anything that is in operation against our life now in Jesus name father we we thank you. We thank you that you've given us a victory. We thank you for every breakthrough. We thank you for our deliverance. We thank you for the liberation. We believe by faith that everything is already done. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Our mission here is simple. To bring you the saving love of Jesus Christ through salvation. Worship with us this Sunday at Adonai Ministries Toronto, located at 1111 Finch Avenue West, Unit 34, Toronto, Canada. We'd love to pray with you today. Simply call plus one 647 882 9708 right now. We love to appreciate your financial support and donations. It keeps the ministry going. We're praying for you. Adonai Ministries, transforming lives for the kingdom of God.